Hi, I'm Patricia. Welcome to the 95th episode of A Breath of Song. I'm so glad you chose to do this today, which is extra special because Kathy Baker and Dick Jackson are joining us for a songwriter conversation. Hi, Kathy and Dick. Welcome. Hey, Hello. Patricia. Welcome. So glad to be here. Yay. In Music, A Subversive History, Ted Joya wrote, Songs served as a source of transformation and enchantment for individuals and communities. And these powers still exist in our music. Transformation and enchantment. Your voice is exactly what's needed for this. I'm coming to you straight from my home in what is now called Burlington, Vermont, on the unceded lands of the Abenaki people. And Kathy and Dick, tell us where you're calling from. We're from what's referred to now as the Greater Victoria area. We're on the unceded territories of the Lekwungen peoples, um, now known as the Esquimalt and Songhees nations. That's in Victoria, BC, Canada. West BC, Coast. Canada, British Columbia, yeah. Yes. All the way west on Turtle yeah. Island. <laughs> yes. So um, all of our voices will turn up as they are today, no matter what. We can feel the connection to our breath and vibration in our body. We already know that Dick and Kathy have machines beeping out their windows, so we may <laughs> hear that too. That might be part of what's going on. Let's find how good it can feel to sing. Last week I shared Kathy's song, You Got This. Today, Kathy and Dick will be teaching us a delightful song of hers called Joy to Your Heart. We'll learn it slowly so it can settle inside you and you can begin to trust it as a resource. Let it move you into a state of flow or a state of liftoff, a state of bounce. <laughs> then we get to enjoy a conversation with Kathy and Dick and we'll close out with the song again at the end to help us all remember it. You'll always be able to find the episode on the website, abreathofsong.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, of course. Listen as many times as you'd like. So let's start with a good yawn stretch. Maybe roll your shoulders a bit. Stretch into your back. Oh, whatever feels good. Dick and Kathy each have one end of an earbud. A connected earbud. So they are very carefully stretching around each other. Finding what feels good. Noticing space in your body. Beginning to allow the breath to release. If it comes in, pouring in. You can feel it move through your body, and as it goes out, let it take tension and tightness. As it comes in, notice it expand your rib cage. And as it goes out, let it release your jaw. As it comes in, let it expand into your belly. And as it goes out, take tension with it. As it comes in, expanding your pelvic bowl. And as it goes out, softening. And one more, let it come in and go down all the way into your feet and below your feet into the ground. And coming out like a groundswell up through your body, out your mouth. And another all the way down and all the way spurting up through like a whale sound and in and on this one let it create sound as it comes out 
again in. And a sound rides out. Let it fall in. And if you can flubber your lips or trill your tongue, and scrunching up your face a little bit, feeling the skin, letting it turn into a wrinkled apple. And making all the tight sounds with that. And then opening up wide and release. Letting your face melt. I'm going to turn it over to you, Kathy and Dick, to share the song. The song, Joy to Your Heart. It was inspired by um, somebody saying to me, oh, you bring such joy to my heart, which really helped carry me through um, a difficult period. And I kind of turned that around. Um, and just, just how, how great it was to hear that, to hear somebody say that to me. And just to give, to turn that into a song to just keep doing that. And then it became a playful thing where we could add different thises to your thats. Um, and I invite, when I'm, well, often when I'm sharing this song, I'll, I'll invite other people to add things to it, different you know, one-syllable words. But joy to your heart is where it started. Usually, yeah, find a, a key that fits, and that's usually what fits for me. Mm-hmm. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Let me bring you some joy, joy, joy. I want to pour it on you. Joy, joy, joy. Let me share my joy, joy, joy. For 13 years of my adult life, until relatively recently, I had a job where I drove for public transit. Great mm-hmm. big vehicles around town. Um, it was lovely feeling like contributing to the workings of our community. Um, it wasn't my absolute passion, but it sustained a lot of my life. And it provided great inspiration for things like this song. Some of the older vehicles actually have air-powered windshield wipers. You may have experienced these. And they don't always sweep in sync. They sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm waving my arms like windshield wipers here, but they, they say they're sometimes in line. And they make this hissing sound. Psh- but it sometimes get, gets out of sync and you end up with or things like that. So there are some interesting, we'll call them, rhythms in this song. I love syncopation. I don't know, it seems to come naturally. And Dick is accompanying with the cajon, which is a, a little travel drum that helps. Or Do you want to say something about it? Yeah, well, the cajon is a, a traditional instrument that comes from uh, the coasts of Peru when enslaved people centuries ago um, had that as an available musical instrument and uh, nowadays they make small cajons that you can put on a waistband wear it as you stand up and play and uh, it can make a very variety of sounds so I'll add that in as we uh, as we play this and this, that, that syncopated part, I love. I know it, it, it can take a little, just feel your way into it. it. If it feels challenging, that's okay. Let it sink into your body. Feel it somewhere. Trust your ears. Because um, sometimes if you, um, that it, it can be easier to teach if you straighten out the rhythms. 
but then to me it doesn't feel right you know I, I, I want to get that it almost feels like a trip and that's okay you can catch yourself so um, we'll sing that again I want to bring joy to your heart I want to bring joy to your heart I want to bring joy to your heart joy 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 let me bring you some joy 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 I want to pour it on you joy 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 let me share my joy 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 wind to your sail I want to bring wind to your sail I want to bring wind to your sail I want to bring wind to your sail wind 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 All right, here we go. I want to bring sprinkles to your ice cream. I want to bring sprinkles to your ice cream. I want to bring sprinkles to your ice cream. Sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinkles. Sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinkles. Let me bring you some sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinkles. I hope they're rainbow colored. Sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinkles. Let me share my sprinkles, sprinkles, sprinkles. We. Some of the fun of this is improvising that line of the. What am I going to do with the things? Right? It can. It's. It's kind of exciting. I never know what's going to come out. Well, let's try another one. And while people are coming up with the this is to your that's, if you're doing this with the group, you can have this people just quietly this sing. To your that. This 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 to your that. Got another one. I'm listening. We're putting her on the spot. I know. Soup to your bowl. Okay, here we go. Mm. I want to bring soup to your bowl. I want to bring soup to your bowl. I want to bring soup to your bowl. Soup, soup, soup. Soup, soup, soup. Let me bring you some soup, soup, soup. Oh, it'll be delicious. Soup, soup, soup. Let me share my soup, soup, soup. <laughs> Cat to your lap. Oh, I like that too. I want to bring cat to your lap. I want to bring cat to your lap. I want to bring cat to your lap. Cat, cat, cat. Cat, cat, cat. Let me bring you some. 
roaring cat, cat, cat. It's its own cat, cat, cat. <laughs> Great. So to help get the feel of this song, it helps to hear a pulse in the background of something. So a tap on a cajon or a snap on the fingers and really feel that because some of the words, they fall just before or maybe just after or sometimes like in the middle of the pulse. So you can kind of get a feel for it. And um, that's the whole notion of syncopation. Here we go, slowing it down. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Okay, try that with me. Here we go. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Ooh, that last one, eh? It's, it feels it's like those funky windshield wipers. Here we go again. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. We're going to do that again and carry on. Hmm? Here we go. Three, four. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. Oh, those last three joys. I love that almost off-kilter feeling of them. So the second half is... I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. It's almost like joy, 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 right? There's that interesting feel. Let's try it again. I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. Yay, now let's do that whole thing mm, from the beginning. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. Let's do all that again. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. Carrying on. Joy, joy, joy. Let me bring you some joy, joy, joy. I want to pour out on you. Let's do that much. Joy, joy, joy. Let me bring you some joy, joy, joy. I want to pour it on you. So that I want to pour it on you line is the one that you get to make something up on the fly, live on the edge. It might, something really strange might come out and that's totally fine so that part again joy 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 let me bring you some joy 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 i want to pour it on you joy 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 let me share my joy 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 the second half was joy 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 let me share my joy 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 so all of it is joy 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 let me bring you some joy 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 i want to pour it on you joy 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 let me share my joy 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 the whole thing i want to bring joy to your heart i want to bring joy to your heart i want to bring joy to your heart joy 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 let me bring you some joy 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 i want to pour it on you joy 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 let me share It's all about the permission to whew, let it loose and have fun. Yay. Yay. I can imagine a crowd really kind of grooving with that. And I can yeah. also imagine singing it to myself in the shower in the morning mm -hmm. as kind of a lifter, an opener kind of song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So I want to start mm -hmm. with the obvious here. You are different from all my previous podcast interviews because you are two. We are so, um, true. Kathy, could you introduce us to Dick, maybe describing him a little? And Dick, mm -hmm. then could you do the same for Kathy? 
Yeah, sure. Dick Jackson, my life partner who I met 11 years ago, almost. And um, a, a gentle soul, despite what he might say about his, his actual physical loss of hearing, he has an amazing ear and an intuitive <laughs> sense of music and unpretentiously and generously shares that. And that's what had us click. So, um, yeah, born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in the prairies, now a West Coast boy, a, a, a generous heart, and a fine human being. <laughs> I love that. Hi, Dick. Hi. <laughs> Tell me about Kathy. Kathy and I, as she said, met at just the right time in our lives, and... Uh, clicked very quickly at a music party that she was hosting here and uh, that generosity of bringing people in for musical gatherings and so on it was the, the start of how we got together and and Kathy's uh, a real outdoors person has spent years working in uh, outdoor recreation and um, I appreciate when we can get out mm -hmm. to doing things in that realm um, and yeah, we, we, we have a lot in common and uh, a lot of the things Kathy said about that she is also musically gifted and comfortable and has uh, a lot of music in her family history growing up and uh, our cooperation and uh, just getting along well serves us so well in uh, doing the musical things we do and in our whole lives. And she's uh, conscientious and giving and uh, a wonderful human. Wow. As I said before, they are connected by a single earbud at the moment, so they can't go too far apart, but that sounds really genuine. I wish, I wish you all could see their faces as they look at each other and say these things. It's really beautiful to see. And I think I'd like, I'd like to hear more about your working relationship. I'd like to hear more about, um, so why don't you start by telling us what it is that you do together. You know, I know that you inherited this, this large, vigorous choir from Siobhan Robinsong and Dennis Donnelly, who are the founders of the Community Choir Leadership Training Program and the Ubuntu Choirs Network, which is made up of graduates of that program. So that's what what footsteps to step into, what, um, you know, um, even transitioning from a pair of beloved, charismatic, highly respected leaders to a new pair is a huge challenge at any point, right, in a choir's mm -hmm. life. And I'm wondering if you could, you all seem to have navigated that with care and with skill. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the groundwork that made that possible, both about your own oh, partnership yeah. and about how you worked with Siobhan and Dennis. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a, yeah, there, there, there's a long and caring and well-tended story that does go with that. But I first want to let people know that, like, imposter syndrome is real, you know. <laughs> and, and that was, you know, certainly a thing that I, I think we both struggled with to some degree. But then you come into realizing that, you know, like, we are people, we love doing this, and we got this. And um, for people who heard last week's episode, that's part of where that song came from, you know, the you got this. But um, Dennis and Siobhan, uh, you know, tended the community for, for 20, 20 years yeah. together. I joined the choir in 2011. So it was a full six years before 
they were looking at you know transitioning into other things that I was part of the community and Dick came in peripherally through me in 2012 2013 mm -hmm. and you know even like helping out technically with with some of the things that were going on either like helping with re, the re, the recording sessions that were done during a community choir leadership training program mm -hmm. so the leadership did get to see us in action together and uh, there was an event that uh, Siobhan was involved in and Kathy ended up involved in. It was a sing-along of Fiddler on the Roof at the local synagogue, which someone got the idea, let's do it with an actual chorus to help the uh, sing-along mm -hmm. folks. And uh, I have a klezmer band, why not? And so due to uh, some changing situations, Kathy got more involved mm -hmm. and thought to bring me on board. I've had a little more experience with working with bands and uh, other musicians. So we got parts arranged in this room here. We had about 20 singers and a five-piece klezmer band. The, the, the bass had to be in the kitchen. But uh, we had a, a great time practicing those things yeah. up. And through that, Siobhan was able to see how we worked together and that helped them to get more confidence that we could do this. And so Kathy mm -hmm. took the community choir leadership training program mm -hmm. that Dennis and Siobhan ran. Mm -hmm. I took it the following year. They got the idea that this could be the time to uh, transition to other things rather than carrying the, the choir three nights a week, which is what the choir had to do. The Getting Higher Choir was so big that it, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the rehearsal space mm -hmm. couldn't handle all. Uh, at one point, the choir had 300 members, and so mm -hmm. they had three uh, weekly sessions. Yeah. And uh, wow. so they wanted to retire from that a bit into uh, less responsibilities for the weekly events and we were there at the right time and we felt like this is something that we could do and mm -hmm. and they shepherded us through the process so smoothly they both are such uh, kind and uh, diplomatic folk mm -hmm. they knew how to take care of the, the the community of singers and gradually had us come in once in a while to teach something and see how that all went. Yeah, I think be because we had both then been connected with, with you know, we, we are part of the community, part of the choir. And so people people knew what we were like. They'd seen us in action. I sometimes went between the alto section and the tenor, or the, the sopranos. You know, we do, there's some things where we sing just, you know, anybody can sing anything, but we do often sing in SATV or soprano, alto, tenor, bass formations. So we were seen as, you know, part of the community, but also kind of helpful mentors to other folks, or we would host sectional practices in our home, um, got into sort of almost a pattern of holding, they turned out to be quarterly, if you could call it that, but every few months, music parties in our house. So many people in the choir had seen us in action. So by the time there was like a big, you know, community meeting, you know, at the beginning of one of our practices with everybody and Siobhan and Dennis started talking about this, um, transition. Su yeah, succession planning. Um, people started to, you know, l look around the room and almost kind of guessing like, oh, may, could it be, might it be, you know, we, we hope it would be. So by the time it was announced and it happened, people were already at ease, comfortable, and had a sense of trust in us. Um, and yes, they, it did feel like big shoes. Um, Siobhan sort of took, took a sabbatical for the following year, and we co-led the choir with Dennis, you know, a full two seasons. And that was September great for June. all yeah. parties involved. Mm -hmm. We were yeah. so happy to have his, his mentorship right on mm -hmm. site with us for the whole 
two seasons of singing yeah. and uh, the final concert uh, where the choir was saying goodbye to Dennis and mm -hmm. Siobhan was was quite an event. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I've been I've been thinking a lot about this question of mentorship mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how to find mentors, how to uh, how to be mentored, and one of the things that I notice is the 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 generosity on all parts, right? Mm -hmm. The way that you are speaking of Siobhan and Dennis the generosity with which you're describing them, the, the generosity with which they were welcoming you in, and the way that they were caring for their choir members by not yeah. dropping something on them out of the blue, but letting mm -hmm. it, letting it yeah. feel more organic in a way. The replacement yes. felt like an organic progression rather mm -hmm. than a, a cutoff, and now things are yeah. switching. Mm -hmm. That's so valuable. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, it, that all sounds just so beautiful. What was hard? Ha, huh. there was, the, yeah, what was hard? Well, first of all, I mean, there, there's generosity within the whole network, with the, within the Ubuntu Choirs network. And um, Dennis and Siobhan first started talking about their desire to transition. It, it was at a CCLT, a Community Choir Leadership Training reunion in you know, late January, early February of 2017. So that th th they announced to that community that they were looking for, for others. So what felt hard was like, again, sort of the imposter syndrome-ish thing or feeling mm -hmm. like there's all these people who have been connected to this network because the first CCLT was back in 2004. Mm -hmm. They mentioned I didn't even join the choir until 2011 and then took the CCLT in 2016. So that sense that there's a huge wealth of people who are already who could do this, you know, in my own brain, like, there's so many other people who could do this so much better than me, ah. But there were very few who were already embedded in the community and who happened to live in Victoria. And, and you know, a number of things that, that came together. So getting over, and then, and then of course, that whole, quite the, that whole community, um, there were a few other folks who expressed some interest, but Dennis and Siobhan's consideration was what would work well for the, for the community, for the people here so i'm sure there would like there all the other stars aligning in just the right way there might have been other folks who could have stepped in and it mm -hmm. would have been just you know very different but the stars were aligned such that it worked for us and the other side um, of that is that mm -hmm. neither of us had aimed towards a career in choir leadership for any part of our lives <laughs> and <laughs> i was a software consultant and still have a little of that business going yeah and i was you know an outdoor educator community support worker and more most recently you know transit operator right okay. so what what felt hard was um i I sometimes had to work at like getting over my own ego, I'll call it, you know, and the anxiety dragons that would come up. And there were, honestly, there were times, you know, confessional to any getting higher choir members listening to this. No, it's really, you know, we're, we're on our way driving from our part of Victoria into, and like all this anxiety would come up, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, who do I think I am? And all these people, I don't want to disappoint them. And Siobhan, who is you know, an amazingly wonderful and, and, and totally unpretentious mm -hmm. and just shows up co totally authentically herself. But who is this, you know, uh, amazing person? It's like, I, I can't be Siobhan. And then I, you know, I'd sometimes we'd be just parking the car and I need to do a little, you know, shake. brush off the anxiety, shake it out and really go, you know what? All people are, all I need to do is walk in and be myself mm -hmm. and do what I love doing. 
And it was always, as soon as I did and showed up, it was completely fine, completely fine and more than fine, absolutely like nourishing and gorgeous. And to be able to, because we, you know, in the space we had, we always rehearsed, you know, practice in the round. So as leaders, we're standing in the center of this gorgeous room Mm -hmm. and the surround sound of all that harmony, Mm. which is like so nourishing. Mm. And, um, you know, people want to come together and, and sing. And it's not mm-hmm. about, you know, me or anybody in the center, like being the star of the show. That was great because like, mm-hmm. I, I don't consider myself, I'm not completely at ease still in the role of quote unquote performer, mm-hmm. but facilitator of getting people to sing harmony. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> and we're certainly yeah. lucky to be in this together, that, uh, mm-hmm. to support each other through the, the, the challenges of both of us changing into a new career. And mm-hmm. yeah, the doubts that happen and the uh, just reassurance that, yeah, we, we can do this. Yeah. And I want to say, again, I talked about the generosity of spirit. I remember, you know, fairly early on reaching out to other members of, the, of our network. I remember like a phone call with Maggie Wheeler and just talking about that, mm-hmm. like, how do you deal with the anxiety dragon thing? Uh-huh. You know, because she's been doing this a lot longer. You know, we're reaching out to other people. So there's like other other mentors in this network. Mm-hmm. But we, we and, can't uh, underestimate yeah. how much Dennis has continued oh to be mm-hmm. uh, mentors to us as we've mm-hmm. um, arranged many of our own um, arrangements for the choir. And he's been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can still send him a file and uh, ask him to have a look and get just wonderful feedback from him to, to push it nudge in the right direction or reassure me that oh yeah that's okay that what you did there and mm-hmm. just about every day we're still in touch with him working oh, yeah. on projects mm-hmm. of ours projects of his um, and it's a, a, a wonderful connection we still have it's a beautiful yeah. modeling of a different way of working in the world instead of working through competition and comparison and perfection you're working through through growth, through encouragement, and through holding holding each other up rather than mm-hmm. tearing each other down to make more space. Absolutely, and it, I don't know whether it's because we live near the ocean that this metaphor of like you know a rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, the notion that you know, and, and here there are a lot of choirs in Victoria. Yeah. You know, when, when, when Siobhan started the Get and Hire Choir back in 1996, part of her motivation was to create a welcoming, brave, safe space for people who just wanted to sing together without having to go through a daunting audition. <laughs> because at the time, the, the options were singing with religious communities, which is all totally fine, or singing in an auditioned capital C choral group, mm-hmm. and all of which is wonderful. And then there's places to just just come and sing. So the landscape, the singing landscape has has changed over the years. There are a lot of unauditioned choirs in Victoria, and you know they, they each have their own flavor. And you find the one that 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 works for your time frame or the kind of repertoire or the other people you get to hang out with or the welcoming space or you know yeah time of day neighborhood etc. Mm-hmm. So as as far as I'm concerned, as long as there are people in any community who aren't yet experiencing the benefits of singing in harmony with others, there's room for choirs to grow and there's room for more. And what do you say to the person who says to you, oh yeah, but Kathy, you don't want to hear my voice. Dick, you don't want to, you don't want to listen to me sing. Yeah. We just say we do. (laughs) Yeah. 
come and try us out. You know, you're auditioning us. If you come to yeah. our group, see if it fits for you, and get a chance to feel what it's like singing in harmony with other people. And we, I often will say to people who say, oh, I don't sing or you don't want to hear me. It's like, remind them, well, actually, yeah, we do welcome all voices. You know, come and check us out if you're not sure. And in our experience, in conversation, when we hear from people who say, oh, I don't sing, so even the people who say they don't sing do sing somewhere, whether it's like in the car, in the shower, or when they think nobody's hearing them. And it's, it is tragic how much, because you mentioned like vo- how voice shaming goes on mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just for the experts, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, the statement that singing is a birthright. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, talk I, it's to me a, about yeah. how you work with people. They come into mm-hmm. your chorus, they're standing there, mm-hmm. they, f- they feel like they open their mouth and the first sound that comes out doesn't match everybody else's, right? Yeah. So either they shut their mouth again or they sing louder and it doesn't match everybody else's and now you have a room. How, how do people in your large group respond to each other? Uh-huh. How do you set up a space that makes that safe for that person? Yeah. Talk to me about that. Sure, sure. Well, we talk, we, we always have orientation sessions for the new for, for new people and I think that the, the culture of our choir knows that you know unless you're already a confident singer and it's new it can feel intimidating and scary so um, we encourage people who are new to do not hide in the back right to come to, to come forward to sit in the front if that feels okay or embed themselves somewhere towards the center of whatever section they're in so they can benefit from the support of the other voices around them and because we're, when we're teaching things, it's always call and response. You know, we'll sing a phrase, people repeat it back, and we can hear. And um, we, we never single anybody out in a section. And the choir is sort of trained, and new people are told that, like, if you, if you hear, like, if there's something... Because honestly, there's some songs where it, it honestly does not matter what you sing, and it's fine. And there are ones where we're striving to be, we are striving for a, a certain thing. So if you hear something in your section that isn't, doesn't seem to match, that you don't, you know, you don't glare at the person beside you, or you don't go, excuse me, but, you know, Frida over here is singing the wrong note. It's more like, can we have that again for the, you know, for the altos over here? Or can we, can we try that bit again? And then we'll, you know, then, then we'll do that and we'll listen and we'll kind of like mock slowly model in the times where someone does have real challenges in matching pitch we can offer to have a little practice time and we do find that just with a little practice of listening and having someone else be there guiding the idea of matching pitch that can be the 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 one step Mm -hmm. that someone needs to to get the habit of matching pitch because uh, that's very rare though only once every few seasons we come across yeah. someone who, who needs that extra little bit of help and then has the confidence and, and it, uh, it just brings a glow to them that mm-hmm. uh, it's this new magic thing that, yeah. they've, uh, that they've found. But there's almost no people who are truly tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mainly a matter of practice. Yeah. yeah. And the kind of coaching that we would do, it's not always say in in the group or during a break. You know, we might check in with somebody, or they might typically it's somebody who is a pro- approaches us about that, and then we can set up times where where it is more private. Um, you know, or we might get entire sections. You know, like doing a one great big chord. You know, have the you know uh, one note per section, and then 
have people practice just listening to what they're hearing, you know, and even like if they're comfortable, clo close your eyes. And even while you're humming, direct your focus across the room. See if you can hum your note while you're listening to another one and then bring it back. Or see if you can like keep humming your note, listening to the sound that's coming in from the left. Okay, now bring your focus back to yourself. Keep humming, you know, bring the focus off to the right. You know, or, or stop humming if that helps and listen and then come back into the hum. Mm -hmm. So there's various ways of playing around with that. Mm -hmm. That's a great exercise. Yeah, yeah. And a great practice and a, a great way of connecting in with your own body and how the sound feels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's always interesting to me how much easier it is for people to learn to sing when surrounded by other people singing. You know, there's something about our bodies so want to vibrate. Our bodies want the sounds to harmonize. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that sort of re resonating, you know, the kind of resonance that gets set up. We, um, I, know, I think it was Siobhan who first started talking about the idea of um, sometimes like learning a song can be taught using the, what we call the sourdough method. And, um, you know, and this was, she, she would talk about this, you know, long before everybody started making sourdough at the beginning of <laughs> 2020. The idea is like, you know, you just need a little bit of starter in a section, the starter that, that you know, that, that knows the thing. And then, you know, the, the other little bits of dough mm -hmm. around them. Even if, you know, if you're unsure, just like listen, listen in for a while. You know, of course, like, proximity is a little challenging these days, but, you know, as we get more comfortable with it, but, you know, listen, listen in to that sourdough starter in your section and then, you know, and, and sing along, you know, and then before you know it, you know, the, it's spread through the entire choir, mm -hmm. the yeah. entire section. You know, that's, say, with things that we call part of our core repertoire, um, beloved music that this choir has been singing since 1996. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so, mm -hmm. so let's talk a little bit about this, this work life and home life. You clearly have a love for this chorus, this choir, and what you're doing there. And how about, how do you not... How does it not suck up everything, every little particle of your life into it? Um, especially when there are two of you, you know, I, I come home and my husband has other priorities and I need to switch over to some of those priorities, you know, so I have this balancing just by having family with other interests that helps me not get fully sucked into what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, 100% of the time. How do you deal with that? To some degree, I'd say we're, say we're still figuring that out. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but, but because Dick has so much excellent um, te technical sk skill, because, I mean, he is a computer scientist, um, you know, a software engineer, among other things, some of the um, technical aspects, you know, um, or even like managing website things are things that Dick can do. I can create content, but Dick can you know, do, do the, like, you know, where, where it goes and how it gets, how it gets there. Dick knows how to use Sibelius. I'm still, you know, uh, an observer. But again, I add my ear and my suggestions, you know, to, to arrangements. But, but, but Dick is doing the, you know, the, the entry, you know, on, into, the, into the program. Other things around, around the house, 
I mean, Dick can be a bit more of a morning person. So, I mean, we, we do eat. <laughs> so, so Dick will often be like the breakfast maker, you know, or the coffee putter honor or tea, morning tea maker. And then, you know, there's stuff that needs to be done. And then I'll be in the middle of, you know, content creation or some communications and then feel this desperate need to procrastinate and will make one of my, you know, clean out the refrigerator soups for lunch, improv cooking, um, yeah, there's things that, you know, like sweeping the foyer. Dick tends to use the vacuum more often than I do, but <laughs> I will spend a little more time noodling around online and connecting with other songwriters and, and you know, fi finding more repertoire. It, and it all, in the big scheme of things, gets done. And we somehow manage to eat and have a not entirely unsanitary house, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, that's my perspective. What... what <laughs> Well, we do bring a lot of um, the, the music business in together, and, and uh, we have another community that we're involved in and provide music on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, and, and we work so well together, as I ma mentioned, yeah. that uh, we can... It, it just seems to flow. I don't know. We're really lucky. To, to support one another in getting those things done mm -hmm. or getting the house things done, mm -hmm. um, finding the time for that other interests, manages to find its way in. As a pair, as a team, how do you approach disagreement? Are there faces? Is there like a face mm -hmm. that you look at the other person and you're like, I know that face, something's <laughs> not quite right, yeah, let's yeah. look into this. Or how do, you, how do you flag things for each other to know that, hang on, we need to take a step back and, and relook at this mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we can recognize mm -hmm. when we're, we don't have the same opinion mm -hmm. on something. And I'm not sure if we've always had this level of patience, but we've uh, cultivated a level of patience with, yeah, I hear you. And I'm not sure I'm convinced yet. Mm -hmm. And we'll listen and we'll think about it, go away for a bit. Uh, yeah, musical decisions on mm -hmm. these arrangements that we do together. Sometimes th that can reach pretty deep, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. have a real strong feeling this, this can work. And Kathy would say, perhaps <laughs> once or that, twice it's yeah. come out, no, that's not going to work. <laughs> I will, I, it, rather than fighting right then, we'd, I'd uh, yeah. try to find the way to say what, what it is about it that convinces me that, yeah, uh, this could be, could, could work. And... Kathy might or might not take that away and uh, reconsider. Yeah, I, just a, a couple of stories. One, I think, like, of the two of us, I would say Dick is the more patient one. It takes at least one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I am the one who's more likely to, you know, get get more, more rattled or more tense around a thing. Um, I can think of, say, two... Two situations where we had I'd say like we had musical disagreements and one of them I needed to choose to trust Dick's judgment on something mm -hmm. and he was right and the choir loved it right I thought mm -hmm. it was something a stretch and into a realm that 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 our choir had not gone before and I wasn't sure that they'd really go along and they did in fact we're doing a piece for the third time since we've taken on the choir because the choir has loved it so much and we're doing it 
in Italian this time. It's a piece of opera chorus. I mean, since when does the Getting Higher Choir do opera chorus? It's like, well, since Dick had the courage to say, you know, this could be really cool. And it totally was, and it was a great call. So, and then there was another time <laughs> when I, Pat Wichter, who is a brilliant musician, we love him, and go get his recent album. It's amazing. And he has this beautiful, very intimate piece about his own mother called CeCe's Climb, um, about like when his mother passed away. And there was a time when we had considered, or Dick had considered bringing this to the choir. And it is a gorgeously beautiful piece. And I felt, in, in, there's this phrase, is the juice worth the squeeze? I strongly felt like in this case, notwithstanding that it is a fantastically beautiful piece of music, that the juice was not going to be worth the squeeze. It would take a lot and of it, work. It, it would take... And the end result, not quite... Yeah. Satisfying. Um, and and um, Dick, bless his heart, came around <laughs> to understand that it's a beautifully intimate piece that Pat wrote for his mum, and it's really, um, um, we'll call them super snuggly harmonies and really interesting mm -hmm. chords mm -hmm. that I think would have been one, you know, I felt like they would have been one, one step too far. So we, we chose to not do it. But getting to that point was, you know, it's not one of those things like, I know I'm right. I, you know, <laughs> not in that tone. But for our choir, I really, really did feel that I was right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was one of those, we needed to, you know, just work through that conversation, still appreciate each other's, you know, m musical judgment and not, not let that difference of heart opinion cause problems. How to disagree with respect. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, and it may be, it, it may be due to, we'll call it the school of hard knocks and we'll call them, you know, in, in previous lives that we both bring some experience into this relationship mm. and just a whole lot of goodwill mm -hmm. and and an understanding of what ultimately hmm you know really what ultimately really matters here is not that i come out being quote unquote right or wrong but that we we each feel sort of deeply and completely heard and that we can carry forward with with yeah softness Harmony. You know, respect and harmony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really working with this idea of disagreement and the fact that if you bring your whole self, there are going to be disagreements, right? That's part of how it works. And so how do you, how do, you do it respectfully? How do you do it and still have space to listen to somebody else? And I think it has something to do with trusting yourself and trusting the other person both at the same time, mm -hmm. being able to put that trust out in a in sort of a third place, so that I'm bringing my whole self, they're bringing their whole self, we can see what that looks like together, and then together we can sort out where to go from there. You know, but that's interesting. At least, and again, I'm I'm probably the one who. who would more, be more likely to do this, which is something like, you know, we're, we're, we're having a conversation, we're trying to get to, you know, the, the, the bringing ourselves to, to completely see each other. And I will realize that, you know, we've been so swept up in all the work that needs doing, you know, um, that I haven't been outside yet. <laughs> and if I don't go outside in a day, that's not a good thing. And we live in, so it's a like, you know what? We need to put a pin in this 
and I have to just get myself outside, move my body, breathe the air, walk by the ocean, commune with the birds, mm-hmm. you know, watch the waves, and often, you know, re- re- regain some perspective or open up, um, yeah, and then it's like so much, things are so much easier once I've spent a little time in nature, the great perspective. And that can bring us yeah. back to yeah. realizing that whatever it is that we're discussing isn't a fight between us. Yeah. It's us, each of us, with the issue. It's it's uh, it's yeah. it's something separate from either of our egos. It's mm-hmm. uh, something that we're both working to resolve, not to, for one of us to win over the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking that that idea of of winning, of of competition, of right, wrong, win, lose out of it and saying, here's where we're trying to go and let's figure out what the best way is to get there or what the way is that works for us right now to get there as a team. I'm curious then, talking about nature, talking about resources, what are some other resources that each of you draw on besides singing, besides voice, for for your well-being? I'm going to ask Dick to start. Because Kathy just told us about nature. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of meditation practice can go a long way. And uh, I've been lucky to have a few opportunities for some Zen meditation training. And even if I don't stop in a formal way, just to stop even briefly, take the breath, um, empty the mind for a little while. Uh, can can make a big difference. Um, just getting to dropping the heavy load that you're carrying for a little while can make your arms feel like they've got strength again. Just stopping can bring you there. And the reminders we've we've had a practice uh, for a few months now at the end of our, our Wednesday evening sing-ins that we do of singing a song where the lyrics are uh, the uh, loving-kindness meditation. Mm -hmm. And that Mm -hmm. tradition is also very helpful to to have those reminders. May I be filled with loving-kindness. May you be filled. May we be filled. May all be filled with Mm -hmm. Um, Mm loving-kindness. That goes a long way as well. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Kathy, is there anything you want to add to the the natural world connection? It's, I mean, certain, getting out for a walk in the neighborhood is immediately accessible, and we are so fortunate to live in such a beautiful place, you know, where we are literally, like, you know, it's 30 seconds down the hill to, to the ocean shore. But, you know, wilderness tripping is, you know, being able to, like, get out on a, on a remote backpacking trip or a canoe trip, which doesn't, feels almost like it doesn't happen often enough. But um, the other thing that I've, done over the last few years is transform our front yard into um, more of a, a food growing zone. There are ornamentals, but so just going out and um, spending time, you know, with the plants, with the soil. I've placed a couple of, I have intentionally um, trimmed some bushes and placed some chairs that I can sometimes, when it's in full foliage in the summer, I can be sitting in my yard and almost disappear. So, um <laughs> just sitting surrounded by the, you know, the forsythia bush or there's a, a cherry laurel and breathe in that beauty yeah. and listen to the birds right in my own little yard. It doesn't actually have to take a, 
a complicated to arrange wilderness canoe trip. Mm. It can be tuning into the space that's right here. In a way, it's a mindfulness, mm-hmm. mindfulness closer in, because I, I, I can sometimes think about, um, you know, let's call it, let's let's just name it as you know, be, be envious of the people with you know the opportunities and the time mm-hmm. and the resources to do exotic remote explorations all over the globe, and think that you know, like look around at where I am in Victoria, British Columbia, you know, with there are daffodils blooming in my yard right now, and we're st- it's still February. Yes, and there's a centimeter of snow on the ground out there, too. Okay, let's right? talk but, about envy here. <laughs> so, but so, but but to go and tend those, and so so that you know there was a big windstorm and branches fell off and it squashed some of those daffodils. So I could go out and tenderly remove those and find some other little twigs and prop up the daffodils again. Mm-hmm. But instead of going out and being mindful in my own little space, mm-hmm. <sighs> can be yeah refreshing. The act of tending, just the act of tending something else can be rejuvenating or invigorating. Yes, and that, I know we're probably not back there yet, but that is kind of like that seed of, I want to bring joy to your heart. Mm. You know, because it turns things around. It's like, you know, where can I, you know, where's that joy that's going to feed me? Which is important to tune into, but it's Mm -hmm. amazing when you turn that around. It's like, oh, I want to bring joy out there and the act of doing that like the act of tending something by virtue of doing it is reciprocally refilling my own or one's own source before you just gave us such a beautiful transition of course to go into the song but before we do that (laughs) i really want to ask you both to talk a little bit about your earliest memories of singing and and your own relationship with your voices. You know, you've said you weren't trained. You don't think of yourselves as choir leaders or musicians, formal musicians going through. And how has that relationship with your voice evolved? Yeah, I, I can remember when I was very little that it was a comfortable thing for mum to sing around the house. And uh, it would be old, you know, old folk songs or... Um, just casually, as if it were a normal part of what people do, to sing around the house. Um, sometimes it was, uh, oh, sing along with Mitch Miller, there was one album, or Patti Page records, and know some songs from, or from the radio. Mom surprised me sometimes by finding a Paul McCartney song that she really liked to <laughs> sing. Let's see, there was choirs in elementary school. Um, What's the earliest song you remember singing yourself, Dick? Let's see. Something like uh, Mockingbird Hill. Um, when the sun in the morning creeps over the hill. That, and Patty Page had that on her album. Uh-huh. Tra la la, tweedly dee dee, it gives me a thrill. That beautiful little song. <laughs> so that, that's one Mom and I would have sung. I might have even tried harmonizing with that. And, and uh, oh, then my brother's record collection. He was 10 years older than me, so classic rock uh-huh. kind of stuff. Uh, and we toss that kind of thing into our choir repertoire once in a while. But that's, yeah, it, it starts way back there. And as you mm-hmm. went through school, did you go through a period where you didn't like your voice or where you weren't satisfied with your voice or were you pretty happy with it as you went along? I Singing was always pretty casual and, and okay for me. Yeah. Um, I, 
sometimes wonder about my speaking voice, but uh, my singing voice has been okay um, in groups that I've been in. And I haven't done a lot of you know, formal, you know, small group singing. Um, choirs, yes. Uh, There's a men's chorus at uh, university when I was there. I had a stint with a couple of opera companies in the chorus, uh, and that, that was loads of fun. And so I always managed that. Never got a solo part, but uh, anyway, I tried harder. <laughs> Kathy, what was your hmm. earliest song that you hmm. remember singing? Wow. I can actually picture myself on the swing set at South Arm United Church in Richmond, British Columbia, where my dad happened to be the United Church minister. And I had to be, I was maybe four years old. And it was a little Sunday school song. But I can, I can picture myself swinging as high as I can possibly go. And there happened to be, talking of daffodils earlier, there was a field of daffodils. I can picture it was actually just behind me. So my feet, probably my little, my little white, like the buckle over shoes, you know, as I'm pumping. And I'm singing, you know, and I, anyway, what I was singing was, God sees the little sparrow fall, it meets his tender view. If God so loves the little birds, I know he loves me too. He loves me too, he loves me too, I know he loves me too. If God so loves the little birds, I know he loves me too. And I was belting this out at the top of my lungs. And while I wouldn't use he language for God, you know, or whatever one calls the essence of the world, that little sense of, I belong here. Yes. And whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And I think I might have been singing it well, who knows what I was thinking at the time, but I still remember that I can picture myself right there. What a lovely thing those to little have swings. sort of embedded in your, in your mm. psyche. You know, yeah, and I need to, and I still need that. I think why I remember that song is because I continually need that reminder, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, periodically, sometimes, you know, sometimes I don't think about it for a long time, and every once in a while it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask Kathy to tell me what the earliest sound is that Dick makes in the morning and Dick to tell me what the first sound is <laughs> Kathy makes in the morning. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> there might be, you know, this sort of lip smacking. You know, we both wear mouth guards at night, so sometimes a little slurping and it might be like a little... Mm, mm, or he he has a pet name for me <laughs> he might even say he might uh, let's see you might go mm, good morning dove <laughs> good morning dove mm. you know little 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 mm, mm. <laughs> dick you're it's a warm-up <laughs> well and yeah and kathy sometimes aims toward more the the puppy noises the Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I like it. Nice. I've never had. Uh, I've never been able to fact check this with any other person I've interviewed. Oh, you know, I asked them, that's right. "What's the first sound you make in the morning?" And they could say, right. "You know, oh, I sing Tosca." You know, I and I would never. I would have no way of knowing, right? That's right. And I can tell you that it would be a very different report from Dick if this were prior to September 2021 when I stopped being a bus driver oh. because when the alarm went off at 5.30 in the morning, there were probably very different 
likely less pleasant sounds that came out of me then. <laughs> well, you know, another thing that often is Kathy's first sound that I hear is, um, Dick, your alarm is going. Because <laughs> she has much better hearing. And from the other That's side of the bed, she will wake up to it and I will be blissfully sleeping. Mm. There you go. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So is there anything that you're excited about right now that you'd like me to know? Mm. Well, we're ongoing with a new season of the, the choir. Um, we are, are, are proud to serve up only the freshest arrangements for our choir. Sometimes they are <laughs> only printed that afternoon uh, <laughs> before getting into the room. Um, and, and we've got lots of great mm -hmm. ideas for songs that we're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's exciting. It's uh, mm -hmm. not quite living on the edge, but uh, we've got uh, great ideas. When we finally get our plan for the season, mm -hmm. that feels really good. Like we've got yeah. more more songs than we need for this season, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, we're, we're looking forward to all the great stuff. And and we gave you know little snippets in the first week to the mm -hmm. choir, and uh, they seemed jazzed by, by all that. Um, because the technology yeah. is available we actually brought Maggie Wheeler through Zoom to our rehearsal on Tuesday night mm -hmm. because we have an arrangement of a song that's relatively new from her and we will be the first choir that's you know putting it out into the world so she she's really excited about that mm -hmm. as are we the other thing that i'm excited about is we did have a concert on January 29th you know it, it was recorded and we're still just putting those recordings together and they will eventually show up on our YouTube channel and i bet we'll be linking to that um, we will at least put it up the website YouTube channel link. Sure. And so people yeah. who are listening to this can go check it out. Hmm. Okay, lightning round questions. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh. What's an album that was really important to you, Kathy? When I was seven years old, we got the newest Peter, Paul and Mary album. I think it was Peter, Paul and Mommy. I can still sing most of those songs and it, it, it tweaked my ear to those kinds of harmonies. Peter, Paul, and Mommy. Dick, what was an album that was really important to you? You know, uh, before I was just about to take a year of traveling uh, with a friend, we did a, a around the world trip, and an album came out by Joe Jackson called Big World, a remarkable album. It was all recorded live, just two microphones in a, in a great theater, fantastic musicians, mm -hmm. and the songs, a lot of them were about knowing the world, traveling, uh, and I only heard the album a couple of times before going traveling, but every song stuck with me and, and was, were companions of mine through the trip. And, and sometimes just those emotions and, and connected so tightly, uh, I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. yeah. The album was Big World. Dick. What is your favorite soup? You were the one who said, I want to put soup in your bowl, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's getting toward lunchtime. Um, the, anything Kathy makes is wonderful because it comes from her improvising cooking style and, and whatever is available. Uh, something wonderful comes of it. So Kathy's most recent soup would be my favorite. Kathy, what's your favorite soup? <laughs> Any soup that I have just made? No, yeah, honestly, I call, well, I'll call it improv soup. Because, because I do have a creative flair, creating things. So it's like, hmm, what exciting things could I create with, with what just happens to be here? So yeah, I'll call it improv soup. Improv and they're always soup. delicious. What is a sound you feel strongly about, Kathy? Ah, Pacific chorus frogs. 
especially the first time in a year that I hear them, it, it could be January. And, and, and it's like, what are they doing? It's still cold. cold. But anyway, it's a, it's a gorgeous sound to the, you know, that you'll hear in the forest around here. Pacific chorus frogs. Lovely. <sighs> Dick, a sound you feel strongly about. A clearly rung bell and, and let where you can hear the sound drift and decrescendo to nothing. Mm-hmm. And there are many times in technical situations where that isn't allowed to happen. I realize how much it grates on me when mm-hmm. someone either rings the bowl and then sticks the, the, uh, the beater in it and stops it. Uh, or they haven't set up original sound on their Zoom <laughs> setting and so it goes <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> But the, the, the the, the sound of a, a long ringing bell. Mm-hmm. May I bring a bell you to show like you? To demonstrate. Oh, you know, I need one of these. Is an artist you wish more people listened to, Dick? As I mentioned, Joe Jackson has an amazing career. He's known for a couple of pop songs, Stepping Out, Is She Really Going Out With Him? But his, he was originally trained in a classical music situation in, in London and has a huge variety of stuff. I won't say everyone will find something that they like, but there's one album of what he called night music, nocturnes and songs suitable for that time of day. There are some albums that are rock. There's some that are on the Sony classical label, mm-hmm. um, more alternative or, or experimental type music. A fascinating career, and I, I've uh, been happy to follow that through the, the many years. And he's still going, still touring even. Nice. Kathy? It's so hard to choose just one. But then, of the three that are swirling around my head, Connie Caldor, Canadian folk musician. And I've loved her since I first was introduced to her, you know, on a cassette back in, I think, probably 1980. And um, we got to Mm -hmm. recently hear her in town. The first live performance of hers I heard was the year that I was 22, and it turns out that I'd brought my daughter to a concert in town here, and she happened to be 22, so I just thought that was... But she is, yeah, a wonderful Canadian folk musician, and more people need to know of her stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. Before we close this conversation, where can we find you and follow your projects? Hmm. Huh. Through the Getting Higher Choir website. We'll give you lots of information there. Um, come visit us in Victoria. You know, give us a heads up. Road trip. That's right. We'll, we'll put our <laughs> plane trip. And uh, <laughs> on the uh, Getting Higher Choir website will be a, a link to our Wednesday evening sing-in, yeah. which all are welcome to, uh, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we do a, a variety of things, uh, a cappella or with the mm-hmm. piano or a guitar or ukulele or something, mm-hmm. and uh, sing along with us. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. A huge thank you to you, Kathy and Dick, for coming on A Breath of Song, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners. I'm so glad you're singing with us. Let me remind you that sharing this podcast with your friends really makes a difference. 
Visit abreathofsong.com to see show notes with links, lyrics, Patti Petrowski's glorious artwork. Sign up to get artwork and music in your mailbox. How beautiful is that? Leave something in the tip jar to help us cover costs. Before Patty or I is paid, 25% is donated to the Jazz Foundation of America, which directly supports jazz, blues, and roots musicians in need. The skill and artistry of these musicians has directly shaped most of the music that I share on this podcast, yet historically they have been inadequately recognized and unfairly recompensed. This is a small step toward restoration that we can take together. Let's sing Joy to Your Heart again to help it sink in more deeply. And I'm going to make a request. I'm going to ask for tea in my cup. Did I ask for that already? Okay. No, no you didn't. didn't. Two. Okay. Tea in my cup. Oh, so we'll just do, we'll do two rounds. Okay. okay. Unless, unless there's one more that you want to think of before. How about hope in my soul? Beautiful. Okay, beautiful. Tea in your cup and hope in your soul. But we'll start with joy to your heart. Okay. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. I want to bring joy to your heart. Joy, joy, joy. Joy, joy, joy. Let me bring you some joy, joy, joy. I want to pour it on you. Joy, joy, joy. Let me share my joy, joy, joy. I want to bring tea to your cup. I want to bring tea to your cup. I want to bring tea to your cup. Tea, tea, tea. Tea, tea, tea. Let me bring you some tea, tea, tea. Would you like sugar in it? Tea, tea, tea. Let me share some tea, tea, tea. I want to bring hope to your soul. I want to bring hope to your soul. I want to bring hope to your soul. Hope, hope, hope. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. What a what a gift this podcast is. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So happy to be here. <clears throat> Thank you to our listeners for joining Kathy and Dick and me today for a breath of song. I'm grateful that you are taking care of yourself and listening to your own voice. I believe making a better world starts with tuning in to ourselves and each other, which is what we just did. We just had a great example set for us by Kathy and Dick and how they work together. Yay us. Yay all of us. If you're liking this podcast, please share with a friend. And next time we'll plant another song. Until then, be well. <laughs> <laughs>